Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We are grateful for your mercy and your love towards us. The Bible says, what manner of love have you bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God? And now are we your children. And so, Father, we come before you this evening as your children um, to learn from you and to receive from you. We ask, dear Holy Spirit, that you speak to our hearts and teach us by yourself. Let your anointing and your unction be present in tonight's meeting. Holy Ghost, I ask that you grant unto me utterance to present your word in simplicity and in power, that as we study, as we share, as we interact, as we ask questions, understanding and light will come to our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your name, dear Lord, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. All right. So today we are continuing where we um, where we stopped last week. And um, just in case you weren't here last week, we started a new discussion on times and seasons. Um, if you were not here last week again, or you just want to even revisit what we what we discussed, um, you can find our conversation on Zoom, sorry, not on Zoom, on YouTube and on our podcast um, channels. So we are on Spotify, we are on Apple Music, we are sorry, on Apple Podcasts, uh, we're on Spotify Podcasts, we are on, um, uh, which again, Google, um, what's the word now? This Google Podcast, and there's like a bunch of others. Um, so you just search for Borderless, Borderless Christian Community and you will find us there. Um, also, we're on YouTube, the same name, Borderless Christian Community. So you can find our, the teachings for last week on our YouTube channel. Why are we feeling like that someone is just knowing that we have a YouTube channel? All right. But yesterday, last week, we started a conversation on times and seasons. Um, we looked at the fact that God initiated times and seasons, right? And um, she created that for a purpose. Um, and the earth from creation has been governed by times and seasons. And everything that, that God will do in our lives will happen within a time and a season, all right? Then we also saw the importance of times and seasons, how that um, times and seasons lets us know what we ought to do and even determines our actions and our, what, what is valuable to us, you know, per season. And then we saw the fact that God encapsulates his operations in times and seasons, okay? Um, before we move on, I want to share briefly an important concept um kairos and chronos and just so you not get lost what these simply mean is um time and season okay now because the new testament was written in greek a lot of times for us to understand the um origin of certain words we need to go back into the greek to understand it okay so i want us to read a scripture um, funny thing, I didn't plan to explain this today, but just following the progression, I, I can tell that it's important we understand this concept as we proceed, progress. So um, the book of Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1 verse, um, if you go read verse, so we can start from verse 7, okay, but just for context, so we can start from verse seven, but just for context, we would, let me explain what 
what was going on here. So this was after Jesus Christ had resurrected. He had, you know, arisen from the from the grave. And then he was with his disciples. Um, and the disciples, you know, wanted to know when, when God will restore the kingdom of Israel, okay? Because at this time, they were still under the Roman government. They were still under the Roman rulership. So they, the disciples wanted to know when things would be restored back and will go, you know, Israel will become a sovereign nation, you know, by itself. Um, but this was Jesus's response. And in his response, we can extract um, some truth. So Acts chapter 1, verse 7. Acts chapter 1, verse 7. All right. It says, Acts chapter 1, verse 7, all right? Um, it says, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. So Jesus Christ was saying that it is not for you to know the times and the seasons that God has put in his own power. Verse 8 goes on to say that, but you shall receive Power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, but my emphasis is verse 7 that says, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons. Now, like I said, um, because the Bible, the New Testament especially, was written in Greek, um, so we sometimes some, some of the English words that is translated from the Greek doesn't always accurately capture the um, intention and sometimes to help us we need to go we need to dig deeper and I want to drill down on two words here Jesus said it's not for you to know the times one or the seasons all right now if you go to the Greek um, the word time there is chronos and I'm going to explain what that means the second word for the other word rather seasons the Greek there is kairos okay so we have two words um, Kronos and Kairos, okay? Now, Kronos is where we get the um, English term chronological, meaning following the procession of time from one o'clock to two o'clock to three o'clock, from one year to two years to, to three years, five years, 10 years. That is chronological time. And it's a good measure of existence, right? Because we tell people that, for instance, if, if if you go for someone's burial, they'll tell that this person has lived for 125 years. That is the chronological equivalent of his lifetime. All right? 125 years. That is the chronological equivalent. Um, that's the way we measure time. And it's a very important factor in life. Because I can give you a meeting and tell you that, oh, we need to meet for meet by 3 p.m. Okay? So 3 p.m. is the chronological time. Is the mark we set to, to meet together. So that is one ex explanation. That is um, that is Kronos, right? That's one word, time. But then there's another word called Kairos. And this word is very important, right? Because Kairos refers to an opportunity that is factored within time. So Kairos refers to an opportunity that is factored within Kronos. Um, and if, an experience that is factored within Kronos, okay? So, for instance, and, and also, just again to expand on, on Kairos, before I go to an example, um, Kairos also could refer to seasons, all right? Meaning a, a set mark of, of um, time 
within which certain occurrences happen. So for instance, um, if let's say Nigeria now between, I, I correct me if I'm wrong now, um, rainy season is typically between, um, I believe April or so to uh, about September, you know, latest. Okay, just as I'm correct, just for the purpose of this example, as human correct, right? So let's, um, rainy season is between April and September. Now that window, okay, is a season. And that is also what Kairos represents. So that's um, expanse of time within, or, or the, a time frame, right, within Kronos is what Kairos represents. But not just the time frame is more 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 important, and particularly is the are the events or the occurrences that happen within that time frame. All right. So that is the word Kronos, um, and that is the word Kairos. Now back to my example of um, measuring someone's time. Now, someone could have lived for 125 years. That is the chronological measure of his time. But the, for, for lack of a better word now, the Kairos measure of the person's life may just be two significant events. If you want to describe the person's life entirely, right? you describe the person's life using two events. Whereas the person might have lived for 125 years, but there are two key events that are significant in that person's life. So there are so many things he was doing routinely, but the two things that bring the that really define the person's life may just be the fact that the person got a job with an embassy and the person started a foundation. That may be all that is really significant and that defines the season of that person's life, even though the person may have lived for 125 years. Do you hear what I'm saying? So Kronos is the um is the time measurement of a person's life, but Kairos is the season measurement of a person's life, all right? Um, I went for a burial some time ago, some few years ago, and, oh no, I went for, yeah, I went for a wake keep and then eventually burial some few years ago. And then I, you know, I read through, you know how, uh, what's it called? Do burials typically have like this um, pamphlet where you read through the person's life and all of that. And when I read through it, there was really nothing significant that they, they either they didn't capture, all right, or maybe the person just didn't have anything significant. And it made me ponder a lot about my own life. That you may live for a long time on earth, but what really describes you may just be one or two events. Or if, you know, you know, like Moses said in Psalm 90, right? Um, Psalm 90 was written by Moses. He, he said, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. What he was saying in essence is teach us to maximize our chronological time so that we can factor in several seasons within our lifetime. You see, from a human standpoint, men measure life by, by chronos. Men measure life by the chronological ex, um, expan, ex, expense of, of, of life. But heaven measures life by kairos. Heaven measures life, life by the seasons that the life has been able to trap and capture by the seasons of God that the life has been able to maximize. So somebody may be in one season all through their lives and may never even graduate. And from heaven's, heaven's um, perspective, the person only lived one season. But someone else might would have been following God closely that even though the person lived a chronologically shorter time, yet the person fully maximized all the seasons that God intended for that person's life. And from heaven's perspective, that person lived a better life. 
So we don't measure a person's life merely by their age, which is the chronological progression of their life, but we measure them, them more so by the kairos, by the opportunities and seasons that they've been able to maximize. And that is the way heaven measures the value of our lives here on earth. All right? Okay. I hope this was helpful because this is really, this wasn't, I, I planned on explaining this maybe later, but I, I felt that this was important for us to start. So that is a simply simple summary of Kronos um, and Kairos. And these two things are super important because again, another example, you know, three o'clock, there's, there's 3 p.m. every single day. Every single day that you've been alive for the, on this earth, there's 3 p.m. In fact, the Bible says that there was evening and there was morning um, the first day and it goes on like that. Meaning there'll always be evening and morning. There'll always be 3 p.m. There'll be 3 a.m. Chronologically, you have, you've had several 3 p.m.s in your life, right? However, imagine that you, there was one meeting you had. Imagine you are a business owner and you, you are looking for investment of um, $11 million for your business. And then an investor, you know, you got connected to an investor and the investor says, you know, I really like you. Let us have a meeting. Um, tomorrow is Wednesday, right? Let us have a meeting on Wednesday by 3 p.m. Now, I hope you know that that 3 p.m. is no longer the same as every other 3 p.m., even though it is the same. Do you get what I'm saying? It is the same in terms of Kronos, but it is not the same in terms of Kairos because that meeting that will probably last for 40 minutes can change the rest of your life forever. The investment you get from that meeting, the way your business will grow, the expansion you'll be able to, um, to make because of that, of that singular meeting automatically makes that 3 p.m. a different 3 p.m. from the rest. Meaning there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a Kronos that has been factored in that, sorry, there's a Kairos that has been factored in that Kronos. Meaning that 3 p.m. has now carried with it a season or an opportunity. And once you harness that opportunity, you've changed the rest of your life because you, have, you are sensitive to that um, Kairos. And this is really how the kingdom of God works. That the reason why people, quote unquote, you, you see people have overnight success, or just have an increase um, in, their, in their lives. And you're wondering, what did they do differently? One of the reasons is that they were able to recognize a Kairos moment. A Kairos moment meaning an opportunity that God factored within their daily existence, within the natural progression of life. God factored in an opportunity and he said, and they took advantage of it. And, and that changed, it was like a quantum leap from one orbit to another orbit. And they began to experience that growth. Let me read, and today's Bible study is very interesting because all of this, I don't even, I've not even started what's in my notes at all, but I strongly feel the Holy Ghost wants us to um, understand this. So I'm going to read a scripture in Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6, verse, sorry, chapter, uh, just one minute, this should be chapter 6. Yes, Ephesians chapter 6, verse, um, let us start reading from verse, Hold on, please. Ah, sorry, I was wrong. Ephesians chapter 5. Chapter 5, I beg your pardon. <clears throat> Verse 18. Ephesians, no, no, not verse 18. Verse, start from verse 14. For, for verse 14. 
Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. All right? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. Please, well, Mixelar, just let me know if you can hear me clearly. Can you hear me? Yes or no? Just drop me the comments um, in the chat so I know you, I, you can hear me clearly. All right. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14 says, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Then he goes on to say in verse 15 that see then that you walk circumspectly, all right? Not as fools, but as wise. My emphasis is verse 16. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, I, I know this, this is a very common um, scripture that uh, we've quoted before, but if we do an investigation into this scripture, all right? Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to see something interesting here, and we, we need to break down the words here. So when you look at the word um, time, it says redeeming the time for the days are evil. First of all, let's start from the word redeem. When we say redeem, generally talks about buying back, um, buying back something or taking back something. You know, that's you're redeeming it back to you. <clears throat> but when we say redeem the time, now there's a conflict there because we actually can't take back if, I mean, 12 noon today has passed from, from Nigeria now. 12 noon has passed. There's no way I can bring back 12 noon today. I can only expect 12 noon tomorrow, all right? So if we say redeeming the time, then there's a problem because how can I redeem something that has already passed and I cannot reverse it? Whereas, <clears throat> excuse me, give me a minute, please. <clears throat> Whereas, if I if I go to a shop and I see um, a set of earphones, for instance, and I really love it, I make a down payment for maybe I, I make ten percent payment for these ear, earphones, and I tell the owner that I'm coming back to redeem the earphones. What I mean is I'm coming back to make the full payment so that I can now be in possession of the earphones, right? But you cannot do that for time chronologically because time has gone. It has gone. Um, another uh, context in which the word redeem is used is if I go to take a loan, for instance, and I make it, I, I, I drop my car as my collateral, right? And they give me, say they give me 20 million naira for that loan. <clears throat> now, the expectation is when I pay back, I will, when I pay back the loan, I will get back my car. So in that way, I can redeem my car because I put it as a collateral, okay? But when it comes to time, how then do you redeem time chronologically? Um, so that's where, that's where we have to investigate further. And when you look at the Greek word time in this scripture, this is Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16. When you look at the Greek word time, the Greek word there is not chronos. The Greek word is kairos, what we're talking about. Now it makes sense because it says redeeming the time. And that, could, and that word is kairos. So it says redeeming the kairos. For the days are evil. So we can redeem seasons. We can redeem um, opportunities, all right? And the way we redeem these opportunities is by take, being sensitive to them, taking advantage of them. And it is in the context of seasons that we can tell God to restore the time we have lost. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So when we make a prayer and say, God, restore the times I've lost, we're not saying God should restore 2021 or restore um, 2015. 
2015 has gone. However, if there was a season in 2015 that you missed, either due to ignorance or negligence or whatever it is, you can pray and out of God's mercy, he can re restore that season so that you experience it in 2021. And what that means is the things that could have happened in that season in 2015, for instance, that didn't happen, God can bring them into this current year. And the way he does that is by bringing back that season. And once the season comes, the things that should have happened some years ago would happen also in your life. So it is in the context of Kairos that we can, God restores time. It is in the context of Kairos that we can redeem the time. And this is a powerful understanding that in every, in every chronological um, progression of time, there are seasons that God has planted in those, in that time, all right? And this is why Moses said, teach us to number our days that will apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us to be sensitive to the days we have on earth that will apply our hearts to wisdom. We'll be able to recognize the seasons that come within the time that um, we're living here on earth and the time that uh, progresses chronologically. All right? Okay. Um, I hope that was helpful. If if you if you're with me, just let me know you're with me. Tell let me know in the comment section that I am redeeming my Kairos um, seasons or my Kairos moments. Just drop it in the chat. I am redeeming my Kairos moments. I'm sure someone is asking, how do I spell Kairos? <laughs> All right, Kairos is spelled K-A-I-R-O-S. Thank you. I am redeeming my Kairos moments. Let me see that in the chat, and I know you're with me. Okay, I'm redeeming my Kairos moments. <clears throat> All right, so having said this, oh, we have less than about 30 minutes. Um, so I can't finish what I wanted to say today, actually. Um, so I'm going to just zero in on, since I already made a promise, I'm going to zero in on how to recognize seasons. Um, I want us to just look at some highlights, but we can do that next week. Um, so I want to zero in now and... Let us see how we can how we can recognize seasons, okay? Because right now, with time that is going, um, let's say let's this we're in the month of August currently. Today is August sixteenth, all right. Um, from January to August, that is eight months so far. We're in the eighth month. Within these eight months, for some of you, you've had several seasons in within this these eight months. Eight months, sorry for other people you might have just have you might just have been in one season all through this year okay so the question then is how do i even recognize what season i'm in how do i even know when a season has changed how do i even recognize um, my current season what what if i'm oblivious to um what is going on right now how do i know what is happening okay so this is what i want us to look at briefly how to recognize um, seasons, the seasons of your life, how to recognize those seasons, okay? Number one way to recognize seasons is from the proceeding word of God to you. Now, before I even continue, let me state that the fact that we are staying in the same house or we live in the same city or we work and, at the same company or live in the same country doesn't mean we are going to experience the same seasons individually. Now, as a collective, for instance, we live in the same country. As a country, we may be going through the same season, yes. But as an individual, we may not, or as individuals, we may not 
be going through the same season. So how do you recognize the season you are in? First thing I said here is by the proceeding word of God to you. And what I mean by the proceeding word of God to you is this, that you take notes of the word that God speak, God is speaking to you part time. God's emphasis to you at the moment. It will give you a sense of direction as to the season that you are in. So for instance, maybe someone here, God is emphasizing the need for spending time in prayer. That emphasis, I mean, every believer should spend time in prayer at every point in time. But maybe for you, for someone here, there's a heightened um, emphasis on prayer. That is a, an indication of the season you are in. It may be that you are in a season where God is preparing you for something that is to come. Or you may be in a season where God is, is trying to birth through you certain things on the earth. All right. Um, for someone else, you may be in a season where God is emphasizing the need to be disciplined. Okay. Maybe disciplined with your finances. Um, maybe that's God's emphasis for you. And everywhere you, every time God, you open scriptures or God speaks to you, even through people, you just see that God is, the, the speakings of God are directed in that particular, um, are geared towards that particular direction. All right. So we know the seasons we are in by the proceeding word of God, by the prevalent word of God to us at the moment. Okay, let me explain this further with the scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. The book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14. So it's very important to note what God is saying to you. And this is why I encourage everyone, have a jotter, have a journal where you document God speaking to you. You go to a place of prayer, go, go, to, go in the place of prayer, and God speaks to you, write it down. Um, he speaks, he builds on what he said to you the last time, write it down, write it down. God's speakings are usually and um, are usually factored within a season. And when he speaks to what to you, his 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 word gives you a direction as to the season that you are in at the moment. All right. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says, and God said, let there be lights in the firmaments of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a version we read last week, NLT. NLT says that the lights should mark seasons. And that's my emphasis, that light marks seasons, right? And that's how God created it, that um, the moon, the sun, the stars and the rest isn't just to give illumination alone. It is also to indicate seasons. And this is very true for the word of God because the Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 105 that the, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, Psalm 119 verse 105. Uh, that's why you're asking for a Susa. Psalm 119 verse 105. Right, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And what we just read now is Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. Um, let me just read NLT so we can see this together. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 14. Um, NLT. Give me a second, please. 
All right, so Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 says, Then God said, Let light appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. So by God's design, light marks seasons. And I said that, um, not I said, the Bible says, Psalm 119, verse 105, that thy word is a lamp, lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So God's word is that spiritual light that marks our spiritual seasons. So if you want to know the season you are in, first thing I'll ask you is what is God say? What has God been saying to you very frequently in this in, in the last several days or several weeks or couple of months ago? <clears throat> what is that one thing that is prevalent among all the things that God is saying to you currently? You will be able to tell what season, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll be able to tell what season you're in by the word that God is speaking to you at the moment. All right. And this is a very sure way. In fact, whether you have any spiritual giftings or not, or, or maybe you're not, you don't consider yourself as spiritually gifted as others. Once you can identify God's word to you, you know, the Bible says man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the father. So the man's life is determined by what proceeds from the mouth of the father. And in the same vein, the seasons of man's life is determined by what proceeds from the mouth of the Father. So the first way you recognize your season is by identifying the word of God to you, though the proceeding word of God to you, all right? Now, on in the same vein, okay, let, let me read the scripture and first say the next thing I want to say. So Daniel chapter, chapter 9, <clears throat> verse uh, 1 to 3, still on the word of God. Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 to 3. All right. So Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 to 3 says, In the first year of Dairos, the king, sorry, in the first year of Dairos, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, verse 2, my emphasis says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And then verse 3 says, I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. My emphasis is in verse 2 where Daniel said, I understood by books that um, the time for Israel to be in captivity was 70 years. What Daniel did here was he went to, to, to do, I mean, what we would now call the Bible. At, at that time, it was just um, a comp compilation of several, several books. In fact, they were not yet compiled. They were just several books, um, writings of the prophets, the, the law and all of that. Okay, so he went, but I mean, in our days, we'll now call that the Bible. So he went to the books, right? Or let us call it the Bible. He went and he discovered, according to prophecy, that this is the number of years that Israel should be in captivity. And he understood that if God says a thing, it has to come to pass. And what he did was he began to engage in prayer so that that word will come to pass in their lives. And what I'm going to with this is that we also understand our seasons from insights we get from God's word. Insights concerning our nation, concerning our family, um, revelation that God brings to you concerning your, 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 your own personal life. For instance, God may come to you and say, um, 
let's say God spoke to you in 2020, beginning of 2020, and said, I'm going to take you, um, I'm going to take you on a journey, and in the next three years, this is what will happen in your life. Now, you've already received the word of God. All you need to do is to stand on that word, stay on your watch, and stand on the word, all right? And in the next three years, you should be sensitive enough to know that a season has come or a change of season is due. So based on insights you've gotten from God's word, you can tell the season that you are in or the season that you should be in or you should be expecting next, all right? I hope that one is simple enough. So from the preceding word of God, and then from the insights you get on God's word. So that would form my number one, okay? Number two is, is um, spiritual perception. How else do you know the season you're in? Um, second thing is spiritual perception. By spiritual perception, I mean you discerning the activity of the Holy Ghost in your heart, all right? And you discerning what he's bringing next or what he's doing next or where, where he's leading you to into next or even where you are currently in your life all right so let me read um, acts chapter 7 verse 21 acts chapter 7 verse 21 i read verse 21 to 23 no to 25 sorry Acts chapter 7, verse 21 to 25. So at this point, um, Stephen was, uh, was explaining to Stephen was explaining to the people there, to people present, explaining to them, you know, the history of Israel and all of that. And he gives us a very important insight um, to the story. So Acts chapter 7, verse 21, it says, and when he was cast out, so this is talking about Moses now specifically. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. Verse 23 says, and when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. So he killed the Egyptian. Verse 25, for he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. So there's a lot to unpack in this scripture. So I'm just going to make references and we won't have time to read them out now. But a time came in, in the book of Genesis where God spoke to Abraham and said, your children would be in bondage for 400 years. But after that 400 years, I will punish the, um, the, the nation that keeps them in bondage. And they'll also come out with, with a lot of wealth. So this already was, a, a, was predetermined before Israel ever existed as a nation. God said this to Abraham. Now, fast forward to the time of Joseph. You know, we know the story where there was famine, Joseph was prime minister, and then he brought in his whole family, right, into the land of Egypt to dwell, and they dwelt in, in Goshen. But then Joseph died, and a new pharaoh arose who did not know Joseph, and began to put the Israelites under bondage. Now, the, the clock for God's prophecy, or for what, for what God had said, 
began to tick. So from there, calculate 400 years after, there should have been out of bondage, okay? Um, now, if we do, and we don't have the time now to do that, but if we do, first of all, the scripture lets us know that they were in bondage for 430 years, okay? Meaning that instead of the 400 years God said, there was an extension of time for of an extra 30 years. And there's an explanation to, to why that was the case. But if we do the calculation, right, we do, do the timeline, we'll see that the, the time that God began to, you know, the Bible says Moses was 40 years old when it entered into his heart. The time that Moses got this impression in his heart, the, um, based on the timeline, this was the 390th year. Excuse me. This was the 390th year that the Israelites had been in captivity. So what God had begun to do was began to work on Moses' heart so that before even the 400th year, they would probably be, would have been out of captivity. And I need to go back to um, Daniel. If also you look at the timeline of Daniel, you see that the, when Daniel understood by books, it was two years to the, to the 70th year, meaning it was, they were in their 68th year and when Daniel understood by books. And because of his prayer and, and his understanding, the children of Israel began to leave captivity. Their, their exile from, from Babylon started from that um, 68th year, all right? Um, and then that was when Ezra began to, um, you know, God began to stay Ezra's heart, and then we went move over to Nehemiah. But by the 70th year, Israel had already left Babylon, okay? Now go back to Moses. So God wanted to start that, the manifestation or the fulfillment of that prophecy from the 390th year. And that was the same time that it entered into Moses' heart. So I gave all this story just to say that a season was beginning to come upon Israel, okay? And that was why it entered into Moses' heart. Look at what verse, verse 23 says. And when he was 40 years old, Moses was fully 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren. That was a, a, a spiritual perception and an impression. Why didn't it come into his heart when Moses was 20 years or when he was 30 years or even when, it was, when he was 39 years? It was, came into his heart, excuse me, when he was 40 years because the season had begun to come. The season for the deliverance of Israel had begun to come. So they were entering into a new season and Moses began to perceive it. Now, Moses did not respond accurately, of course, and then that cost them an, an, extra, 30, an extra 40 years, rather. And that is why the Israelite, Israel rather ended up spending sorry, 430 years in captivity instead of um, 400 years, as God said. Because at the 390th year, where they would have the process of, of, of deliverance was going to start, um, both Moses and Israel didn't understand, and that cost them an extra 40 years. So they left at, so root 390 plus 40, that's 430 years, okay? But that aside, because a season had begun to come, Moses was sensing it in his heart, and this is one of the ways we know our seasons, that there's a spiritual perception. You just feel, maybe for some of you, you just feel like, it's time for me to get married. There is nothing on the external. There is no, it's not like you have so much money. You might not even have be dating anybody at that point yet, but you just, it just enters your heart that this is the season for me to get married. For someone, you just may, may begin to get the impression that 
this is the season for me to leave this company I'm working with. You don't have a new job yet. You don't even know what next will come, but there's this, an impression in your heart, all right? Um, for someone else, you may just begin to feel that this is a season for me to do my master's, all right? Um, not because there's so much money around or because someone promised to, to sponsor you, but because there's just an impression, there's a perception in your heart that this is the season for me to do this. Or it might be that this is the season for you to start that business. You might have had the business idea for five years ago, but you just didn't feel the release. But all of a sudden, you enter a new season and you perceive that it is now time for you to start that business. This is one of the ways you discern your, your seasons or one of the ways you know your seasons rather by spiritual impulses or spiritual impressions in your heart. However, let me say something here and, and this is, is valid for, um, for everyone. Once you begin to perceive something in your heart, it does not mean you should act upon it externally immediately. All right? And this is the mistake that Moses made. That Moses felt, Moses, Moses perceived something in his heart as a result of the season that they were coming into. But Moses did not have the spiritual intelligence to go to God in prayer. He did not know that when you perceive something, you don't act on it externally immediately. You go to God to clarify what you're perceiving and give you direction. Ultimately, it is the proceeding word of God that gives you that, that, that marks the beginning of your action. Unless God speaks, don't launch an activity yet, all right? And Moses' Moses's spiritual ignorance cost him an extra 40 years. But then again, God visited him and, and he, he spent time with God, lasting, interacting, and then God gave him the proceeding word, all right? So when you perceive such things, you perceive that, oh, this is time for me to leave my, my job. It doesn't mean you should just resign immediately. Go to God in prayer and begin to flesh out the, uh, the fullness of what you are perceiving. That is the wisdom that Daniel uh, um, employed when he discovered by books that this is the season that Israel should be out of captivity. He went to God and began to pray and intercede. And because of his intercession, angels were released. You know, even though the Prince of Pesha, demonic forces tried to stop the manifestation, there was victory. And then Israel eventually began to even experience their deliverance before the time, all right? But Moses didn't have that spiritual intelligence. So when you perceive a season, take it to God first in prayer. Let God give you clarity on, on what you're perceiving. Let God also release spiritual power, energy to prosecute that season. Because for some of you, you've got, like, let me use the example of wedding, for instance. Someone may perceive that this is the season to get married. Maybe you don't have someone you're dating, but there's no finances, there's family and um, conflict. If you just launch your adventure based on your perception alone, you encounter resistance that you don't have the stamina to overcome. But when you go to God in prayer, what God does is that he gives you wisdom on how to go about it. He also supplies spiritual power so that when you stand before Pharaoh, in quotes now, just like Moses, you stand before Pharaoh at the end of the day, you'll be like a God to Pharaoh because there's spiritual power that's been deposited inside of you from the place of prayer. All right, from the place of encounter with God. Okay, so you know, second way you know your season is um, by spiritual perception or discernment, okay? Um, and, and you know, sometimes sometimes you feel what, what I call birth pangs on, your in, on the inside. You just feel this, um, you just feel this constraint. You feel like there's something heavy on the inside of you, not heaviness in terms of sadness of countenance, 
but heaviness in terms of something you've not unlocked in your spirit. That is a spiritual um, impulse, a spiritual perception. What, again, like I said, you take it to the place of prayer and then God begins to unravel it um, before you, okay? So the third way you know your, your seasons is by just observing patterns, patterns and, and events around you, all right? Observing patterns and events around you. So let's say, for instance, you go to a place and somebody looks at you and says, wow, I just really love, you know, there's just something about you. I just really love this. That, what do you do? And you just say, oh, I do something. I say, can you, can you come to my office? I may have something for you. You go somewhere else and, or maybe someone just even calls you and says, ah, I just remembered you. You know, you used to do, you used to print for me before. You still, you still print. Can you do it? Uh, there's this contract out for you. If you have those frequent, you know, repeated events, those patterns, it could be a pointer to a season that God is, um, that God has brought your way or that God has brought you into, um, um, you, you know, someone I'm saying. So it may be a pointer to a season that God has brought you into. So, and this is where we need to be spiritually intelligent. We cannot just let events go um, um, just waste and let events come and go without us discerning if God has a message or if God is telling us something from those events. Now, I am not saying everything that happens around you, you automatically try to attach an interpretation to it. No, I'm saying that you keep your heart um, discerning enough to recognize when events or patterns are indicative of your seasons. And when they are, you will feel that that impression on your heart. In fact, God will bring it to your notice that haven't you noticed everybody that has greeted you has talked about you relocating, for instance, or haven't you noticed that everyone that has, everyone you know that you've spoken to in the last one week have just explained to you how they got married. That may be a sign that it is your own time to get married. Do you understand? Those kind of the patterns and events that God brings away to let us know the seasons that we've come into. All right. It may even just be a testimony from someone. You know, I have a friend who, when he wanted to get married, he shared his testimony with me, how God provided a, an accommodation for them. You know, um, how God provided for the wedding, how God, you know, provided a job for him around that season. And when I listened to the testimony, I knew God was speaking to me that he was going to replicate this thing, this same thing in my own life. <clears throat> and that was because the season for me to get married had come. And that was a confirmation of, of an impression that I had I began to have in my heart, okay? And based on that testimony, I knew that the season for me had come. And I began to pray about it and, you know, um, take consequent actions as I should. So what I'm saying here is that there are certain events or patterns that may occur within a period of your life that if you pay attention to it, you would see that God is speaking to you about the season you are in or about the season that he's about to take you into. So that's one of the ways you know, you know, the season that you are in. Let me read a scripture just to back this up. And we'll take questions from there. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew. Where are we? Sorry, I was in the Old Testament. Matthew chapter 24. Mark chapter 24, verse 32 and 33. Matthew chapter 24, verse 32 
and 33. All right, so it says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. This is Jesus Christ that was speaking. He says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Meaning that, and just guys use the fig tree as an example, but you know, in whatever climate you can tell, let's say, let's use a mango tree. Um, just because when I, I grew growing up, I had a mango tree in my compound. So you can look at the mango tree and from the color of the leaves, from the freshness of the leaves, you can tell that, ah, rainy season has started or is about to start. The same way, Jesus, that's what Jesus Christ was saying, that if you look at the fig tree, when it puts forth its, <laughs> its leaves, you can tell that summer is, is closed, is about to come. Then he said in verse 33, so likewise, when you shall see all these things, know it that, know that it is near, even at thy doors. Now, for context, he was talking about the end of time, right, which is a spiritual season in itself. And just Christ was using an example of the fig tree, saying that if you look at the fig tree, from what you observe on at the fig tree, you know that summer is near. Then Jesus Christ also said that by the time you see some, some certain occurrences happening in the world, when you see wars, when you see betrayals, when you see certain things, then you know that the, the end is near. Now, it is, I, I know in context, he was talking about the end of time, but it is also true for other spiritual seasons aside the end of time. Okay, and that the fact the fact is that you can look at certain <clears throat> certain events in your life, and you can tell that God a, a season is about to come. A season is about to come. You can look maybe for someone, right? Um, somebody just keeps or people different people just keeps telling you that ah, okay, let me use relocation just as an example. And of course, this may not apply to everybody, but just as an example, so you one person may look at you and say ah. When I just saw you, I, I just looked at you as if you, you'll be, if you stay in America, you just really, America will fit you. And you maybe you've never even thought of going to, of living in America. You go to some somewhere else and someone looks at you and says, ah, and this is your, your jacket. You just look like you're in America. And it may sound like, a, like just a you know compliment or like a joke, but then you go to another place and the person said, ah, ah, I dreamt of you. And when I dreamt of you, you're in America, you're trying to buy a car. And from this pattern, God begins to tell you that, you, you begin to discern that maybe a season is about to come that you would be in America, maybe for school or relocation or business or whatever it is. All right. So events like that and patterns like that could be indicative of the seasons that you are in. However, like I said, it doesn't mean everything that happens to you. Uh, maybe somebody gives you a phone call and asks you for um, if you know if, if there's a, if you know, I mean, any, any vacant house around your estate for, for rent, it doesn't mean that, oh, that means I should also move out. No, you are not trying to attach a meaning to everything that happens to you. What you are doing is you are keeping your heart open and sensitive enough to recognize when God would speak to you from the event and the seasons that he allows to come your way. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are other ways, but I believe that these three are a good place to start in helping us recognize our seasons. The number one thing I said is um, from the proceeding word of God, when God speaks his word to you, you know what season you are in from the proceeding word of God or what season he's about to launch you into. There was a time where some years ago, um, God spoke to me from, 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 a, from a place in Isaiah. And when God spoke to me, okay, let me just say from Isaiah chapter 50 verse four, <clears throat> 
And what he got spoke to me was that he's giving me words in my mouth that when people call me, I would just have the right words to say. And I will be able to strengthen people and encourage people. And from that word, it opened a season of, <clears throat> excuse me, opened a season of uh, what I'll call, well, I don't know the right term to call this, but what I'll call a ministry of encouragement. Because people just began to come from left to right. People I knew, people I did not know, just God just began to put me in situations where I would have to encourage somebody. And at the spot of the moment, he would put the word in my mouth to encourage that person. And that, uh, that's, that stayed for a long while um, before the season changed and, you know, things began to progress like that. So the proceeding word of God will tell you the season that you are in or the season is about to launch you into. Second thing I said is um, from spiritual perception or spiritual um, impulses where you begin to just descend in your heart. Like, like Moses, it came into his heart, all right? So there's an activity in your heart that, that um, leaves you with the impression of what season, you know, that you're in. Thirdly, I said with, um, by, 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 by observing events and patterns around you, God may be speaking to you from patterns or from certain events that he has allowed you to encounter. So you can, you can discern your season from, you know, those experiences. All right. Um, this is the part where we end. Um, the rest of this what I wanted to say today would continue next week. Um, I believe, yeah, we still have one more, one more week. Hold on, let me confirm that. You know, last last month I missed our prayer um, Tuesday. Okay, so we have one more Tuesday before the last Tuesday. So yes, we'll continue these um, next week Tuesday, and hopefully we we, we should be able to wrap up um, our conversation on times and seasons. But yeah, please, I'd love to hear your questions. If you do have any question. Um, this is the time for reads. <clears throat> Please ask your questions. You can drop them in the in the chat, um, especially for those of us on Mixlr. Uh, if you're on Zoom, you can just unmute and ask your question. Questions, anybody? While I top water. Questions from something I've said or something that has been on your heart concerning this topic, uh, you just love to ask it. Please feel free to um, type in your question or um, ask. Or, or okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Thank you very much for the wonderful teaching. Although I joined later and my network had been giving me issues. But from the little I had you said, um, you talked about um, one of the ways we can know the time and seasons is um, the impression on our hearts. Mm -hmm. When God is laying an impression on our heart to do something. Yes, My question, God lays an impression on your heart as regards something. Go and go now are two different things. How do you ascertain the right timing to act on the impression you have? That's my question. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. So I actually alluded to this, but probably the, you were you were off. I mean, your network might be might have been um, glitched at that point. But it's a very fantastic question, and I'm happy to go right again. So let's go back to the example of Moses. The Bible says that it entered into Moses' heart. 
right? Um, if I let me, let me read that scripture again, because it's a very, there's so much to learn from it. It's Acts chapter 7, verse 23. It says, and when he was fully 40 years, this is talking about Moses, when he was fully 40 years, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Now let's skip to verse 25. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would have delivered them, but they understood it not. Meaning that it entered into Moses' heart, right, when he was 40 years. But it does not necessarily mean that was the exact time that God was going to, that exact moment that entered his heart, that God was going to deliver the Israelites. How do I know that? I know that because even when God eventually sent Moses back to Egypt, it was not immediately. It took um, several weeks or months, or I don't know the exact duration, but it took several experiences before Pharaoh eventually let them go. However, it entered into Moses' heart. So how then do you know the time to act? Number one, we said that when, any, when you get a spiritual impulse or an impression, take it to God in prayer. It is usually a sign, not necessarily. And, and what, what, the way God operates is that he doesn't necessarily tell you everything to do at once. He is like putting a bait. He gives you a bait to, to pull you in. And then you go to him in prayer. And in the pro process or in the, in the period of prayer, he begins to give you understanding and he gives you direction, all right? So to answer your question, how do you know when it's time you go back to God? When you get an impression you had, go back to God and pray about it. Then God begins to give you direction and um, also instructions as what to do next and when to do what you need to do. All right, I hope that helps. Yes, thank you very much. I'm very grateful. Thank God. Okay, any other question before we go? <clears throat> oh, okay. Questions, are spiritual seasons reversible? Okay, so when you say reversible, I assume you mean, um, can, can they be restored? Um, is, is, is that what you mean? Um, yes, okay, good. So that's what you mean. All right, good. Um, so again, we, 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 we talked about this at the beginning when we talked about Kairos seasons. So can spiritual seasons be restored? Yes, they can be restored. Um, um, you know, the Bible says, and this is what I was explaining, when the Bible says redeeming the time for the days are evil, the word time there is called Kairos. And Kairos is the Greek word that we, we that means seasons or opportunities, all right? So yes, spiritual seasons can be restored. However, it is going to be an act of God's mercy, all right? Um, and we will have to pray to God to restore seasons. If we missed any season, either based on our negligence or our ignorance, um, we can pray and ask God to restore those seasons. Now, yes, they can be restored, but there's a clause here. There's a, there's a, there's a caution rather here. Um, as much as possible, never intentionally try to miss a spiritual season. And secondly, yes, they can be restored, but there's no telling what time they'll be restored or no telling when they'll be restored. So if, for instance, you missed a spiritual season in 2019, can that season be restored? Yes, but there is no telling when that season will be restored, whether God will restore that season this year or next year or five years from now. Um, there is no, I, that is left within the sovereignty of God. Okay, but yes, they can be restored. And as an act of God's mercy, um, yes, they can be restored. All right, I hope that was helpful. Any other question? Um, people on Mixer, I haven't seen any comment from you. 
Okay, if there are no questions, then just type in the chat quickly one thing you learned today that you are going back with. Something that has blessed your heart or an understanding you've had from today's um, discussion that you are going back with. Um, if you're missing, like, I can take maybe, yeah, I can take two people, um, just share with us something you learned um, today from today's Bible study. Anybody on Zoom wants to unmute their mic and help us speak? Please unmute, Salah. Kindly type in what you've learned today. I'm eager to see your light bulb moments or something that has blessed your heart <clears throat> from all we've discussed. Okay, anybody on Zoom wants to help us? What have we learned today? Or do you want me to call you at random? Um, okay, uh, Esosa, let me ask you, if you can unmute and speak, what's something you learned today? Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, I think it was very powerful. Um, I, I had known, like, there was a difference between Kairos and um, Kronos. But I think today put it into perspective, and the key learning for me was Ephesians, I think five, um, the place you read in Ephesians 5, 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. You know, we had talked about redeeming the times for the days are evil, right? And I think, in fact, something clicked in my head when you said, because I think the verse before, the verse after mentioned something about um, understanding what the will of the Lord is, right? So clearly it is in that um, atmosphere of, um, in fact, I think the verse after now talks about being filled with the spirit, right? So it's almost like a circle. You stay filled with the spirit, you discern what the will of the Lord is, and then you take advantage of God's opportunities. So that was a key learning for me today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much, Sister. God bless you for sharing that. Um, yes, we, 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 we discern the season, we know God's will, and then we can take advantage of it. All right, one more person. I still haven't seen anything from those of us on Mixelar. Um, just letting them fully anticipating your comments. But any other person wants to share with us one thing they learned today before we close. Um, what's one thing that you learned or you were maybe reminded of, maybe it's not new to you, but you were reminded again of um, during the Bible study. Um, okay, nobody. All right. Um, all right. So that's it. So we're going to end here today. Um, next week, like I said, we're going to conclude. We'll, we'll probably just wrap it up and then look at some interesting things about times and seasons. Um, maybe some highlights and maybe some examples as well. Uh, but we'll wrap it up next week. We'll just conclude what we what we couldn't cover today. Um, so let's say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for reminding us about and teaching us about um, times and seasons. Our prayer today is that you help us recognize the seasons that we're in so that we apply our hearts to wisdom. Help us not to miss any spiritual season in the name of Jesus Christ. Teach us by your spirit. Help us to, to be discerning um, so that we can recognize the seasons we're in. And like the sons of Issachar, we will know what we ought to do in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.